I just want to tell Miss um, Nolita, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, someone asked me Wednesday night at church if I like spoke, if it was you know my things <laughs> that I did. I just laughed. No, I mean I speak all the time, but no, I don't do anything like this. So uh, I'm very nervous. Um, if you would turn your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Um, it wasn't long after Miss Nolita asked me if I would speak that the Lord just kind of um, laid the story of Mary and Martha on my heart just so heavy and and um, I was praying and just kind of wanting to find out exactly what it was that God wanted me to say about them and um, the Lord just started slowly uh, turning my life upside down a little bit, taking away things that uh, made me feel comfortable and secure and safe and like I was in control and um, the Lord just very much has made me aware the past few months that I am not in control at all. And it just, um, the verse in Psalm, Psalm 61, 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So for the next few minutes, I just want to talk about being overwhelmed. The definition of the word overwhelm means to crush beneath something weighty. Something that covers or covers or encompasses the whole, to immerse. And um, I'd never been to a ladies' conference here, so I was really nervous about you know coming in and it there being skits and it just being funny. And then the Lord, it seemed like what He laid on my heart was just just a weight. And um, and when Miss Nalita said that this year she felt like the Lord just, you know, wanted to take all that away and just kind of really focus on what the Lord wanted us to speak on, I thought, whew, what a confirmation for me. You know, like I, I knew this is what God wanted me to speak on, but I was like, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to be the most unfunny, you know, just this dud. But um, anyway, I just want to talk about being overwhelmed. So um, I just want to ask, has anyone here ever experienced something, maybe a heartbreak or a situation that you had no control over? Maybe you went through a trying time with your husband or your child or just something in your life that felt so weighty, so heavy. You just felt like it was going to crush you. Um, something that just covered, encompassed your, just your mind, everything. You felt like you were drowning, like there wasn't any hope or any help. Um, let me just start off by saying that you are definitely, definitely not alone. And if every lady in this room had the opportunity to be where I am, they would be telling you the same thing. We've all experienced it. Some people may have came in tonight and are feeling it right now. Um, but the Bible has so much to say to the person that is overwhelmed. And uh, I'm just looking at the story of Mary and Martha, but there's so much more in here. And as I look at this story, I see two women who, according to the definition, I feel are completely overwhelmed. And I just want to see what the Lord has to say about both of them and see what we can learn from both of them. Um, if you'll look in Luke 10, I'm looking at verses 38 through verse 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away. 
I'm just going to pray real fast and then I'll get right into my lesson. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here. God, I just thank you for every single lady that came. God, you know every heart of everybody that's in this room, including mine. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just calm my nerves. God, I pray that you would just give me a clear mind. I pray that you would speak through me. God, I'm not up here to be seen because there's nothing to see and I don't have any wisdom of my own. So God, I pray that you would just fill me with your words and your spirit and your power. And God, I pray that you would just use my feeble thoughts, my simple thoughts, Lord, to just um, maybe help someone in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. As I read the story of Mary and Martha, I am a simple person. I have to look up the definition for everything, and you'll hear throughout my lesson, I tell you the definition of this and the definition of that because it helps me when I'm studying my Bible. I look up every word, every definition. Um, but when I read the story of Mary and Martha, I'm drawn to the word, um, the word that the Bible uses to describe Martha, and that word is cumbered. I just find it so interesting that God chose that word to describe Martha's service. And when I was looking at the definition, one part of the definition means to load or to crowd. And when I was in high school, I waited tables and I know what it's like to feel loaded and crowded when you're doing service. You have a serving tray and you have a tea pitcher in a hand and you're running around a crowded kitchen. And so when you look at Martha outwardly, it makes complete sense. She is loaded. She is crowded. Um, it, um, also, earlier in Luke, this has nothing to do with my lesson, but I just found it interesting. Um, at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus sends out the 70, and then um, they come back to him, and they're telling him how wonderful it is. They were able to cast out demons and all this stuff. And when we look at the beginning of verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass as they went... And then it says that he entered the house. Um, it may have just been Jesus, Mary, and Martha in that house, but there could have been upward to 70 other people in this lady's house or coming in and out or, of, you know, some kind of mixture of all that. So, yes, she may have very well felt overwhelmed, crowded, loaded down. Um, she probably felt very overwhelmed, very, um, you know, just could not, felt like she couldn't get on top of everything. But what makes me wonder why Jesus chose this word is because she asked Jesus a question. My sister's over here it's seemingly doing nothing. Why don't you make her get up and help me? And Jesus doesn't even answer. He doesn't even acknowledge her question. Um, and it kind of seems like Jesus, the things he tells her, the answer is so unhelpful and in her situation unneedful. Which leads me to believe that outwardly all that serving and stressing she was doing was not really her issue. This may have been the issue that people could see, but this was not the issue that Jesus saw. And what Jesus sees um, is what really matters. He sees the motive of your heart. And so it makes me look at another definition um, for the word cumbered. So you have to load or to crowd, but you also have cumbered means to hinder, to obstruct, to distract. What has Martha so hindered? What has her obstructed? What is distracting her? Or what is she hindered or obstructed from? I'd like to read verses 40 and 41 again, but this time I want to put the definitions of a couple words in there to really help us get a clear picture of what's going on in the story. Verse 40 says, but Martha was cumbered. Martha was hindered. She was obstructed. She was distracted about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. She's full of cares. She's anxious and troubled. She's disturbed. She's agitated. She's annoyed about many things. 
Why does Jesus use those words, careful and troubled? He's telling her, you're anxious and you're annoyed. Have you ever noticed that when you're anxious about something, when your mind is worried, that usually a bad attitude follows? It comes with it. Maybe you're nervous about a bill or an unexpected expense. Maybe you have a sick child, or maybe there's an outcome in your life that seems uncertain, and it's always during these times that we're snippy with our husband or we're quick with our children, and we're um, quicker to respond with harsh words, maybe to a stranger. We're more impatient with others. I just like to look quickly in the book of Matthew, um, chapter 11. I'll flip there. And if you want to, I'm going to be looking at Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, but it's very familiar verses. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And if that doesn't sound like Martha and us when we're overwhelmed, I don't know what does. And it says, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I feel like then that begs the question, when we are anxious, when we are overwhelmed, whose yoke are we carrying? When we feel heavy by burdens and being overwhelmed, we're not carrying Jesus' Jesus's yoke. It says his is easy, his is light. So whose are we carrying? Our own, maybe the devil's, I don't know. Martha was cumbered. Outwardly, Martha seems to be very burdened by her service. But Jesus looks at her and he tells her, your problem is not what you've placed on yourself. All this pressure is pressure you're placing on your own self. That's not your issue though. He says, your problem is on the inside. Your issue is all these worries, these burdens, these cares that you've allowed to cumber you inwardly. She had allowed issues to swell inside so large that they were actually blinding her from seeing Jesus. Not only was she cumbered, she was loaded down. We know she's serving and she feels overwhelmed and we all get into places like that in our life where we're serving and we feel like we just can't take another step. We can't pick up another thing. Um, and if you're a mom, you know what that's like because kids always ask you to hold stuff when your hands are full. And it's like, you have good hands, you know? I don't know. Um, but... Her problem isn't that. It's what people can see. It's what she thinks her problem is. But her problem is what Jesus points to is inward. Jesus says you're careful. He says you're full of anxiety. And he says you're troubled. It's causing you to uh, speak in a way that you probably wouldn't. I mean, she looked at Jesus and said, hey, make her get up and help me. She's so mad at Mary. She won't even speak to Mary. She's speaking to Jesus, to Mary. You know, you ever done that to your husband? You're so mad at him, you don't speak to him. You speak around about so he hears you. That's what she was doing. She's upset. But Jesus said, that's not your issue. He said, your issue is you've allowed these things to cumber you on the inside. And it's like you've put blinders up. You don't even see I'm in the house. You don't even see I'm in your midst. I'd like to switch gears real fast and just take a look at another lady who was overwhelmed. Just three chapters prior in Luke 7, um, Mary got saved. And what I love about whenever you see Mary after she got saved is like her focus is on Jesus. If he is around, like that's where she is, that's where she's sitting, that's what she's listening to. Um, and being in church my whole life and throughout the years, I've just heard many women use this story of Mary and Martha as a reference to someone being, you know, a worker or a worshiper, um, as if it's something that you really don't have control over. You know, when I was little, I thought, oh, Jesus either makes you a Mary or he makes you a Martha. You either work or you get up and shout in church. But I didn't think there was like a mixture of the two. 
But when I look at this story, I see something different. The Lord says something to Martha that just opened my eyes. Um, Look at verse 42 with me. Y'all probably have already seen this, but it was good for me. Um, In verse number 42, the Lord tells Martha, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath, do y'all mind saying that word with me? Chosen. We can read, right? We can do it. We can do it. All right, let's try one more time. It's chosen. I'll tell you the answer. All right, let's try again. And Mary hath she chose, she made a choice. She made a conscious choice to sit at Jesus' feet, even though she knew she was needed elsewhere. She knew, you don't think she loved her sister and probably helped her at other parties and other things that they did. You don't think she knew that her sister felt overwhelmed. Maybe that was more her personality to kind of get anxious. And she knew that, but there was something more important in the room. And she chose to recognize that there was something more important in the room and that deserved her time and her focus. She chose worship. In Mark 14, the Bible tells of a woman who gave a gift to Jesus. The Bible tells us this gift was costly and it was precious. And I'm sure that you've heard the story um, and you've heard probably preachers tell about this ointment. It could have cost up to a year's worth of someone's wage in that day. Um, And it just kind of made me think, how long would it take me to save up a year's worth of wage? How long would it take you? A year, a couple years? Uh, What if tomorrow your husband came and said, Sunday, we are giving our whole paycheck to the church. We're just going to give a special offering because we love our church so much. Or there's a missionary friend that's in need, and we're just going to give everything we made that month. We're going to give it to church. What is your initial reaction? Probably the same as what mine would be. Or the same as mine was when my husband gave $200 to a homeless man. Not good. But you know what? (laughs) But you know what? The Lord gave us back. He doubled it and gave it back to us. And the Lord taught me a big lesson that way. And I will never say anything about that again. You know, (laughs) ever. But um, I believe the reason that most of us do not regularly experience worship is because we do not want the sacrifice that comes with worship. One man described worship as a letting go of our self-proclaimed worth and acknowledging God's, a complete surrender of our own will to his, and adoring him for who he is, not just what he has done. In Luke 7, Mary pours the ointment on Jesus' head. She wipes his feet with her hair. She washes his feet with her tears. We all know the story, but do you know that she wasn't saved till the end of that chapter? She walked in and did that, gave that sacrificial gift, gave the most precious thing she probably owned to Jesus, and he had done nothing for her yet. And that is the most truest, purest form of worship. She worshiped Jesus because of who he is. He had done nothing for her, but because of who he was, she wanted to give him this. Worship means to give something worth. When we worship, we are telling Jesus what he is worth to us. When is the last time that you experienced a worship like that? When is the last time that a circumstance came up that was out of your control, and instead of choosing to be overwhelmed and anxious and agitated, you worshiped? When problems arise and cares and troubles weigh you down, you want, what do you choose to focus on? Do you choose to just zero in on that problem and let it mount up and let it blind you? Or do you choose to turn to the problem solver? When is the last time you chose to not let burdens weigh you down, 
but you chose to immerse yourself, just drown yourself in God's promises instead. Worship is a choice. The Bible does not tell us what Martha's many things are, and I don't know yours and you don't know mine, but Jesus makes it very clear what happens when we allow these many things to build up in our life and in our mind. He makes it very clear that they blind us from seeing him. The devil loves to get in our situation and just blow it up into all that, until that is all that you can see. Um, Martha was sitting, I mean, Jesus is sitting in Martha's living room. I mean, he's within reach, the answer to every problem, the lifter of every burden. He knew every need, every care, and he was the only one who was able to actually do something about it. And he's sitting within arm's reach in her living room, and she cannot see it. She has no idea. Martha could only see her problems and cares. Mary could only see her Savior. Martha was blinded by her many cares and troubles. Mary was blinded from her cares and troubles. You don't think she had cares and things that she needed? Maybe the alabaster box was her retirement, you know? But she gave it to Jesus, just willingly gave it to him. And she could not even see her own issues, her own things that she had need of because she was so focused on Jesus. She chose worship. Worship. In closing, I'd like to look at one more thing. If everyone could turn to Mark 14. Um, while I was studying for this, I'd never seen this before. And like I said, some of you may have, but I had never seen it before. Um, but in Mark 14 and verse 9, this again is another um, rendition of the story of Mary and how she breaks the box of ointment over Jesus' head. And in verse number nine, it says, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done, that Mary hath done, shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Raise your hand if you've heard anybody preach, teach a lesson, or sing a song about Mary and that alabaster box in her worship. I'm sure everyone in here would, uh, yes, me. That's God's promise. He promised that because she chose worship, that her testimony was going to be a memorial, something that we all look to, something that we can all remember, all get help from. In Luke 42, Luke 10, 42, Jesus tells Martha that Mary chose that good part, which shall not be taken away. Her memorial, her testimony, her testimony that will not be taken away, um, that people can look to one day and get help from. And that is what she received because she chose worship. And I don't know about you, but I would love for that to be said of me. One day, my children, when they grow up, I don't want them to say, Mom worried about everything. Or whenever Mom worked, it was just always, she was always so aggravated and annoyed. And da, 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 da. I don't want that to be said of me. I want it to be saying, My mom loved Jesus. My mom worshiped Jesus. My mom just, anything, anything that he was doing, she was there. She just sat at his feet and she just fed herself with his word. That's what I want my children to say about me. And the Bible says you can have that too. You got to choose worship, that sacrificial thing. And this morning um, when I woke up, the Lord just put this song on my heart. And honestly, other than the chorus, I had never heard it before. Um, but I just want to read a, a verse in a chorus. The songwriter sums up everything that I've just spent the past 15 minutes trying to tell you, ladies. And it says, Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There is light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. And the chorus says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.